0: Welcome to the Fan Bros! The show where the Bros are fans! Doodle! What's up, internets? This is Chico Leo, and I am flying high above the Brooklyn Night. Here with another Fan Bros special delivery after a week off, and I am joined tonight by Illy Y C. What up, Chico Leonidas? What's up? Oh, I like that. Chico Leonidas is dope. I like that. I might have to take that from my uh, my AK. I'm 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 into that. That's dope. I mean, add that to Chico
1: Baca. That's right. You That's know, right. I, I,
0: mean, That's I right. got a million of them. All right. a million of them. Yeah, no. Let's uh, let's see the art. Chico Leonidas. Um, I might do that. (laughs) That's dope, yeah. So we we had an absence last week. It was a holiday, and there wasn't anything uh, new on. And uh, this week, we had uh, the third episode of Fear the Walking Dead, um, entitled Dog, which... I feel like might have a have a larger meaning than just the dog that appeared in the sh- in the episode who was, you know, probably one of the dopest characters that's been featured on the show not because dogs are that dope but because most of the characters on this show are pretty much worse than dogs. But uh what what did you think of dog, which is god backwards?
1: I enjoyed it. Um, I think the show has gotten increasingly better, exponentially better with each episode. So I really, um, I mean, I think it still has certain flaws in terms of character, you know, with the, with the kid, with the teen Nick and um, how they're developing him and kind of his antics and also the uh, stereotypical kind of um, white TV show mother right. thing going on. But I think that in terms of just intensity and interest You know, things have ramped up just as the show is ramping up because we're seeing more chaos and, um, we're seeing more of the outbreak in Los Angeles and the city's kind of falling apart and that's making things more hectic and it's, that's what's making the show more watchable because we're, now we're getting to the meat of seeing, um, this big metropolitan city start to fall apart.
0: So I I totally agree. The all the stuff that's working for me on the show is all this the larger like the macro picture. Anything yeah. that has to do with like LA and um the just the, the this outbreak and us seeing the little signs here and there. I actually think I would give the show an A if it was like a docu like a documentary style thing and they were just focusing on the outbreak. Uh, for me, when when the characters come on and they start talking to each other, it really screeches to 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 a halt. And I I mean the list of all the quote unquote stupid things that people do, it just it it. I agree with you that in some ways the the show has been getting better by each episode. Um, one thing to point out is that Kirkman has said that the people in this universe, they live in the same universe as ours, except. There is no concept of zombies. So nobody in that universe has ever seen Night of the Living Dead or any of the sequels. And, and
1: that's that's so silly. And um, I think it was like, I was watching Adult Swim. I was probably watching some Rick and Morty episode. And Adult Swim does these bumpers. And they're like little text trailers between shows. And one of them was like, if, if a zombie apocalypse broke out we'd all survive because within five seconds we'd be blowing people's heads off because we're so familiar with zombies. Right. You know, we, we, we recognize it instantly. And so I think that that's something that that's kind of a big leap in logic that Kirkman has to kind of put out there because, you know, that was one of the things that got me on this episode when um, the the Cliff Curtis character, Travis, stops and says, well, you know, they're they're infected. And it's like you're seeing people get up and eat other people. You've right. seen somebody you know, he had to get that, blow his head off to stop him. Like these are, this is not an infection. This is
0: something else. It might
1: be an infection, but it's still something else going on where it's not like, yeah, just be cool. Not- and-
0: not just that, I think there's a visceral human reaction where if you saw like a rotting, and yes, they're all fresh corpses, but if you saw what what the zombies are, even if you thought they were infected and even if they were a loved one, I feel like you would have a visceral reaction to push them away. And and almost every character at this point, well, we've seen yeah. them like, like hugging a zombie and being like, oh, you're going to be all right. And I just think that goes against like a very basic human thing that we have that's wired into us. That I
1: repeat, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, that happened twice in this episode. Yeah. With the, um, when uh, Travis saw the neighbor, Peter or whatever, come in and he's all zombified out. And it's like, dude, you killed the black drug dealer in the first episode. You know, you had to run over him and sh- shoot his, you know, right, uh, his head off. You saw, I think, the girl's boyfriend. You've seen enough by now that you know you shouldn't be, like, being that close with the neighbor as he's, you see him eating the dog when you walked in the room. He was eating the dog. He
0: absolutely was eating the dog. So, and he killed the dog, which, you know, implied a certain, you know, this guy's not human, yeah, you, you know. He,
1: you know, but he's going to walk up to him. No, right. he's my neighbor. He's my friend. Right? And I'm like, dude, it, it's so stupid. And it goes back to what you were just saying. Like, to me, this series will work. Um, even better if it was just like a, a anthology where we get the the we get tales from various people throughout the city, you know, where we're getting like the Reuben Blaze character. Absolutely. Or we're getting the Cliff Curtis character. Or maybe we get some gangbangers. We get like urban, suburban people, some people in Hollywood. You know, if we had just different people experiencing what the 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 um the downfall of the city that would make it so much more you know you you could A, cover a broader spectrum and so you you could cover so much more ground and then kind of still intertwine the different stories you know maybe have certain characters be you know know each other so maybe what they could have done is taken the um the kind of heavy set kid who who kind of seemed to have knowledge about the zombies right who was um, only
0: in the first two episodes for some reason
1: yeah maybe explore like his family yep. you know how that household is dealing with it you know explore how this teacher and Tra- and uh, Travis's family is dealing with it explore how Ruben Blades and his family and just kind of give you different slices of it. And that way we're kind of getting different experience, you know, getting a taste of what's going on throughout the city. So you can get just a broader scope and it also just kind of keep the character dynamics that they're trying to force upon us, you know, more lively, more interesting.
0: And the interesting thing is when they're, when the character stuff does intertwine with the city, you know, so, um, you know, we've got these three family units and uh, Ruben Blades, Although my, uh, my relatives always pronounce it Ruben Blades, but that's uh, the, the, the Spanish. Yeah, Ruben Blades, he's Daniel, and his wife, I believe, is Griselda. She has uh, some scaffolding, falls on her foot. So they're like, yo, we're going to go to the hospital. And they go to the hospital, and they get there, and cops are shooting zombies So they obviously, that probably the smartest decision they made in the whole episode is to not go to the hospital when there's, you know, zombies wandering around and cops shooting them. But just the fact that um, those two things sort of intertwine nicely there, um, you know, I also want to say what the hell was up with that... um, like maze in the neighbor's garden. Like, what, what, what purpose did that serve in any kind of suburban setting, other than to make things difficult during a zombie apocalypse when you leave your shotgun shells? See, it's just stuff like that. Like, we don't have time for this. Like, there's only six episodes, and to, you know, to have the them leave the shotgun shells behind, it it smacks of like in the first episode when it was like we had to see Travis go to the church to investigate and then Madison played by Kim Dickens, oh take me to the church. So then we have to repeat the whole scene over again and it, it it's just um I I'm not sure it's trifling. It's just it's it's uh it's lame. It's not original. Um it is worth noting that Rick figured out what was going on, you know, pretty quickly after getting out of the hospital in the main walking dead. And, um, I mean, Ruben Blades does seem to know what's going on. And Nick, the drug addicted son, who I think was, a, did you mention it, that he's still wearing the clothes that he took from the old man at the hospital? Maybe yeah, maybe yeah, you mentioned that or, or sorry, someone on Twitter, but it's like, you know, you would think he would change his clothes um, if he's been sweating and going through, you know, withdrawal and, and they're not even his clothes. I, I don't know. Instead, they decide to play Monopoly. Um, it, 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 I mean,
1: the the Monopoly I get because you're trying to pass time, but. To me, it's stuff like the girl going back through that weird, right, the maze ma- or whatever maze that thing, was, or whatever it was, you know, to, to get shotgun shells, and it's just like fuck those shotgun shells, you know, <laughs> like, but I, it, it only served just to to set up that kind of a jump scare with the neighbor, you right, know? and so you're introduced to the neighbor who's you know been zombified, but outside of like it's just it does these little illogical things that really kind of take you out of it. And it's not so much that in the first Walking Dead that Rick kind of knew what was going on because he still needed Morgan to explain it to him. Because, I mean, he had been out, but it was just more plot like he still was hesitant. You know, he comes back and everything is all desolate. And he's just kind of like, what the hell is going on? So it was a nice, slow build as he starts seeing. Well, he also In- saw In- zombies In- that
0: were clearly not, you know, human. Like these people are dealing with zombies who just died that day or that hour. He's, you know, I'm re- recalling like the little girl that was like, all, like crawling on the ground. You know, they were they were already yeah. all messed up and decayed. So he had a little more of an indication. But um, yeah, it, it's. Uh, y- you need you need more characters to not be acting stupid. I did think um, Kim Dickens was good. Um, you know she's an actress I've seen in other shows that I think is dope. And she, I thought the scene where she talked to Travis's ex wife um, Liza um, and was like, "Yo, if I get like that, I need you to take care of it." You know, sort of woman to woman. I thought that was a good scene, and I thought that sort of showed what. What could what what could be going on in this show um, down the line, maybe? Um, but uh, you know, I'm uh, I guess I don't know. Maybe because of the week off and the second episode was better than the first. I was a little disappointed by the episode. Um, I do like that we've set up. We've got sort of three separate family units but they're all intertwined um the majority of them two of the three family units are latino which is pretty awesome um and I, you know uh, we're three episodes in i believe there's only six episodes so
1: well, i mean it's just that like i, I like the episode because of how it began the stuff that we saw went with, with the riding and right. things of that nature you know and then it kind of got into the character dynamics and that's where it kind of gets a little shaky. I mean, I thought overall it was a good episode, but it's just, it's like you're saying, it's just the character dynamics. The, the family hasn't done anything to really make me want to root for them. So like I could care less if they really all went out and got slaughtered. You right. Know what like I, if I, the I daughter, an interesting if,
0: turn of events. <laughs> if, if, was oh, it Alicia, uh, Nick's sister, if she had gotten killed, like I, I, I honestly would not have cared one whit more than that, that, that dog getting killed. Um, you know, and, and again, we're halfway through, um, I, I, and I, I, I just, I wanted to throw in one last detail, all the stuff, again, with the, with the zombie apocalypse and the city falling apart, I thought it was a really nice, very creepy and real world touch that they showed the, uh, army spray painting after they had either cleared or made sure that everyone in the house was living, because that reminds all of us of Katrina, And them spray painting, you know, uh, notes on the outside of each um, house, you know, if there were bodies within or that the house had been checked. So that kind of real world stuff where it sort of grays, you know, the... Um, you know whatever between reality and and this world i i I find that stuff to be the most, you know the stuff that works like you know a couple of weeks ago, just a shot of a cop just loading the back of his squad car with water like I thought that was the creepiest shot in the whole show and um you know um so yeah the i i I think they also don't have an a A-li- an a list behind the team like I noticed uh. Bear McCreary isn't doing the music, and the music in the original Walking Dead is really good. I'm not saying it's not good in this, but um, there are a lot of names, like producer names, from the Walking Dead, but it it seems like they um, they didn't get a lot of the people you know um, who are, who work on the Walking Dead to work on this. Um. So I don't know any anything else any other thoughts on Dog or or Fear the Walking Dead. Do you do you think uh all of like I think it's pretty clear that Griselda is not going to make it out to the desert. Um but do you think you know do you have any predictions at this point at the halfway point who's going to who's going to make it to the end of the season and who's not?
1: Um, I think it's interesting that they're seeding the airplane thing because yes. that's going to be online. So we show, we got about two more shots of the airplane um, as the son noticed it. Um, in terms of who's going to make it, I mean, I'm figuring maybe Travis. I think that would be a, either him or the mom would be an interesting kind of shock kill. Right. You know, to kind of come toward the end. But I just I'm not invested in the characters, you know, so I really don't care who lives or dies. I, you know, it's just. I'm, but I'm interested in the show because of, to me, like the moments, like the ride at the beginning yep. or when they're driving through and, and they look down onto the uh, the cityscape and they start seeing the power going out right. all throughout the city. Like stuff like that. That's the stuff that would freak people out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm really interested in them exploring more because that's the the scariest part to me of The Walking Dead isn't so much the zombies. It's how do you survive? How right. do you rebuild? You know, of and course. that's the thing that makes the, the actual comic book and the show so fascinating to me because, you know, your whole like we have cable, we have sports, we have, you know, uh, video games. We have so much stuff that we kind of take for granted because it's just a normal part of our, our, our live mobile phones and different communications. And it's like that's a scary thing is that now if you're going out to forage for food in the in the in the forest nobody has a way of getting in touch with you. So nobody knows if you're alive or dead until you come back, unless you come back, you know, you could fall and get hurt. And that can be the scariest thing, you know? And, and I like the fact that if you call, go back to uh, the walking dead season one, they had an episode or what was it season two, one of them where they had an episode where Daryl had that happen to him. Right. He fell off his horse and right. down into like a little gulch. Yep. And he was trying to climb up and he started having a fever dream. But it's like it was a tense episode, you know, and it wasn't much going on. I mean, there was a couple of zombies came at him. But it's just stuff like that where, you know, if he hurt his leg, there's no way anybody can help him unless they stumble upon him. You know, and that's the thing that really makes an outbreak of this sort so scary and so ridiculous. You know, there's no information and you don't know what's going
0: on. Well, I mean, it's a natural disaster to use the metaphor of the storm of Katrina um, from earlier, you know, um, people didn't know what was going on then there was no law and order there were you know roving gangs of dudes with guns shooting innocent people um there were cops shooting innocent people you know the, the these things happen and and yeah the zombies are, are 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 not the not the main thing it's just they're the uh the catalyst you know and and it could be you know the Walking Dead is almost like if it just started raining and it didn't stop. Like, what would you do? You know, like it, it's about that sort of thing and little communities of people, little like tribal groups trying trying to survive. Um, so yeah, they I believe that that there's going to be some kind of connection. Um, I've read, you know, between this before the end of this season there's going to be some connection somehow to the regular Walking Dead and I'm pretty sure this has been picked up to come back. Uh I'm I'm not sure if I if I imagine that or not, but um yeah, I also thought that the first season of the Walking Dead, first and second season were weaker and that it got better. And one of the reasons it got better was cuz they they killed off the annoying characters. So um, I'm certainly continuing to 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 watch it um like you know a lot of other people uh, one show that I did not continue to watch i, I watched the whole first season and I, I don't know that you watched it was the strain did you uh did you ever watch it or
1: no, nah, I've caught, like, one episode,
0: and every time I try to watch a show,
1: I would always see the same one episode. Right. So I was like, F this.
0: So I, I gave up on the strain. I know some other people gave up on the strain. Well, it sounds like DJ Ben Hameen has started, uh, begun his own process of giving up on it. He texted us this evening and said that he thinks it's getting terrible, too. So that just leaves Kimsonian, Space Ghost producer, as uh, the strain's big de- defender, and uh, Kimsonian was the one who put us all on to Mr. Robot like a month before it premiered. So he's definitely got taste, but I'm not sure where, uh, you know...
1: Yeah, but Kimsonian likes the cheese factor of the strain, I think, more right. than anything else, you know, in a way that... And that, and that wow. drives
0: me up the wall, you know... <laughs> I mean, the, the, the decisions people make in The Strain, as far as stupid, makes everybody in Fear of the Walking Dead seem like, you know, they're all like commandos, like the commandos that took out Bin Laden in, in Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they they couldn't be you know stupider and and more ridiculous. Although there were some moments in in tonight's episode, like I thought yeah, at one point, Kim Dickens uh, Madison goes outside and then she hands the shotgun to someone else. Like what what's up? You know, they just there are all these little decisions that just don't make much sense. But um, yeah. So it's it's uh, the 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 strain. I you know I'm I'm. I'm I'm really down on Guillermo Del Toro after the strain and what I thought was a real missed opportunity with the uh kaiju uh Jaeger movie. Um you know Pacific Rim. Oh, yeah. Pacific Rim was uh, Yeah. So <laughs> I also so recently um I gave a shot to – there's an Amazon show called Hand of God that stars Ron Perlman. And I've I've always liked Ron Perlman ever since Quest for Fire, which was –
1: Oh, yeah. I wanted to check that out. He plays a judge. Yeah,
0: right? so he plays a judge who has, like, a re- religious epiphany, and um, he believes that God's talking to him and that he's an instrument of God. And his – there's a whole convoluted – his son shot himself – because a guy raped the son's wife and forced the son to watch, and the Ron Perlman's judge is convinced that he's going to, uh, to solve, to figure out, to find the rapist. The show has an, a really good cast. Andre Royo from The Wire, who played Bubbles on The Wire... Is the, is the judge's best friend and also the mayor of the town and Garrett Dillahunt, who's a character actor who's been in a lot of things that I feel like everyone would recognize. Um, he he plays like an ex con who uh, basically becomes the the judge's right hand man. So it has a really good cast and really good acting, but it's still not a good show. If you're you're an actor. I, I definitely recommend watching it because I think it's got a lot of really good performances. But as a show, it, it it just didn't really work. And this is the third or fourth Amazon show that I've checked out, and with the exception of the um, the show about the transgender dad or um, with the father from Arrested Development. They, none of them have worked, and they've all had really good casts. So their casting is on point, but something is missing. Um,
1: well, what's missing? Why didn't this work? Like, to me, it sounds like a cool cast.
0: Yeah, so the, con- oh. the you know, the, there was a show um, that had, um, it was another show that was a cop show that had a pretty decent concept and a great cast, and it just didn't go anywhere on. Uh, on 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 amazon um i you know it's um i don't want to say it's the pacing but there, there's just a a feeling to it that's a little stale similar there's sometimes when i'm watching it that i feel like i'm watching season two of true detective um and i don't know check it out you know let, let me know what you think um I actually have not finished it I've seen five episodes and I'm going to finish out the season but um yeah I, I I think it's really weird that Amazon has not had a hit yet just given how much money and time and effort they've you know they've they've probably come up with like 15 shows at this point that they've thrown up on Amazon Prime and so wait
1: how many episodes is this season
0: I think it's it's eight or ten. Um, okay. so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely wa- watch the rest of it. Um, I also started watching, there's a show called blunt talk on stars and the, uh, the premise of the show is basically that it's got Patrick Stewart, you know, Jean-Luc Picard from next generation as a debauched like talk show host. If you're into seeing like Patrick Stewart sort of reciting Shakespeare while drunk and, you know, you know, hooking up with a hooker and stuff like that, then it's funny, but it, it just feels really thin. Um, it's, uh, it's created by Jonathan Ames, who had an HBO show, Bored to Death, which I, I gave only one episode. I couldn't get into that. There's another star show that I haven't watched that's on after Blunt Talk. Um, it has Savage in the title and it's about, uh, an athlete it's a comedy about an athlete who goes to play for uh one of the professional teams in atlanta i can't remember if he's a football player or, or a basketball player um or or Wait, a baseball Blunt, Blunt player. talk
1: is on showtime no it's Wait, on
0: it's stars on. and then, are
1: oh, you talking about um lebron james show uh,
0: right yes yeah. so people have been talking about it. have you watched that
1: yeah, but the title escapes me. It's, it's got um, sat, survivor's it? remorse, survivor's, survivor's
0: remorse. remorse. Right. Right. Right.
1: It's, it's okay. I've watched a I've not watched the, I think this is season two.
0: Yeah. It's in and, season and two. I've
1: watched, I've watched several episodes and it's got funny bits. Um, the main character who's the athlete, he's such, they just make him such a, a whiny, annoying prima donna asshole that it like annoys me kind of watching the show, but it has a decent cast. Um, What's her name? Tashina Arnold, who used to be on Martin back in the day. Right, Everybody right. Hates Chris is in it. Uh, Mike Epps, who is in it. I never really like a stand up, but he does OK in the show. Um, and then the main kind of the uncle who kind of or cousin who helps the, the the basketball star out is in the show. And I can't remember his name, but you'll recognize him. he's a character actor. But, yeah. oh, you know, it's, it's a funny show. I'm more interested in checking out Blunt Talk. I haven't watched it yet but i've heard decent things about blunt talk so the
0: funny um, stuff is funny but uh, it, there's something just a little bit random about it and a little bit thin it's one of these shows that 10 minutes after it's over you can't really remember much that how, or at least for me but my relationship with 30 minute comedies is has always been uh, weird um or at least it's been weird since you know I stopped watching network TV you know for the most part and got into all this cable stuff you know with the sopranos and and all of that you know 10 15 years ago wow I guess yeah it's, it's been a while um and I don't watch it but uh project greenlight came back after what's got to have been a decade um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon show which is its biggest probably claim to fame is that it introduced the world to Shia LaBeouf way back when. <laughs> um and that's on HBO.
1: Plus uh Matt Damon, you know, they had images of him in the new Jason Bourne film.
0: Oh, was that on on Project Greenlight or I haven't nah, seen that.
1: But you know, they're both he's in Green related to Greenlight, so
0: Right, 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 right. Um and other than that, um, there hasn't there hasn't been much going on. TV's starting to ramp up. I am going to check out. I believe it's this Tuesday. Uh, there's a new show by Kurt Sutter, who uh, you know was the showrunner on Sons of Anarchy and one of the co-creators of Oz. Um, it's a show called The Bastard Executioner, and it's supposed to be some super grim medieval show. The reviews, the advanced reviews, haven't been that great, and I'm one of those people who gave up on Sons of Anarchy, and my biggest regret is that I didn't give up on Sons of Anarchy like two or three seasons earlier than I did. (laughs) I just feel like it became really nasty and mean-tempered, and that's what it seems like this show might be. I like the medieval stuff. You know, Game of Thrones is still five months away, six months away, so I'm definitely going to give it a shot. Um, it's on FX. I believe it premieres on Tuesday. Um, I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure about that, but um, that's one I'm gonna be checking out. And I think over the next month or two, uh, you know, we're gonna run into that problem that we have sometimes where there's almost too many shows to cover. But uh that that's not the case right now.
1: Wow. Sons of Anarchy I never even watched Sons of Anarchy, but you know, some people who are really diehard fans of the show. Um, and Bastard Executioner you've been the main one who's talked about it to me it's the other show i think it's called into the badlands that kind of caught my curiosity just because it kind of has like a a sci-fi ninjutsu yes kind of thing going on so that kind of you know makes me want to check it out and that's coming up
0: yeah is that is that also premiering this week because i know i'd seen the the trailers for that and i i yeah i also want to watch that uh,
1: I'm not sure if it's next week or maybe the 1st of October. Right. Uh, so many previews. No, I'm thinking about uh, The Blacklist is coming back on October 1st. Okay. And Into the Badlands is in probably the next two weeks.
0: So, yeah, it's uh, things are going to be picking up, but uh, you've got something to talk about. Uh, Mr. Mr. Robot ended uh, you know, a few weeks ago, but uh, you haven't seen the last of uh, Rami Malek.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Strangely enough, when I went and picked up Metal Gear Solid Five, great game. I also picked up uh, Until Dawn, which is a survival horror video game. And Rami Malek is one of the stars on it, along with Hayden Panettiere from Heroes. Right, right. Um, my man who plays on, uh, he plays on uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield as Ward, Agent Ward, Grant Ward. He's in the game, so it's like a lot of kind of B level character actors that you kind of know um from tv shows sure and the way the game plays out is actually like episodes of a show so each kind of chapter has like end credits and it starts again with previously on until dawn and basically it kind of covers what happens when these it's it's like scream actually or playing a tv show i mean it's really fun it's really cool if anybody's played hard rain they'll be kind of familiar with how you explore and interact with objects As you go through and kind of pick up clues, but also you're making choices and it revolves around the butterfly effect. So you're doing decision making that any choice you make from conversations to, you know, um, there's like these little interludes where you talk with a, a psychiatrist and he has you look through a book and you kind of think things that you react to. They all play a part in your decision making. So and how characters like or dislike each other. And so as you make choices, you can decide kind of who lives, who dies and, you know, their fates. Plus, they have a lot of quick time movie interactions that go through as you play the game. But there's an element that kind of reminded me of Mr. Robot because with the Rami Malek character, you add in this psychiatrist. You don't know if it's real or fake. You don't know if it's in somebody's head, and you know, so you play a character who's talking to this guy, and you don't know where it, you know what it takes place. Is this like um, a hallucination or an illusion or, or what's going on? So the game is is really interesting. It unfolds at a a real cool pace. Um, for people who like TV shows and who kind of like that survival horror genre, you know, it has a, the same kind of tropes that you would get with like a Friday the 13th or a Scream, but, you know, it's dope.
0: Did you play The uh, The uh Last of Us?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. The Last of Us is game of the year. Yeah, so, I mean, so, I mean like that
0: when you say, I mean, it's like that genre or... No, no, The Last of Us is
1: way more poignant, way more serious. This is more fun. It's really like, Again, it's like the movie Scream. That's the best way I can describe it. Where, or it basically takes those horror tropes of having you know teenagers or college students kind of all in a remote location. So that kind of that's the main conceit, right? But then it kind of goes in like a slightly different direction than what you expect. Um, And as you play through the game, they're they're basically like I've read interviews with the developers. They say like it's you know, 50 it's hundreds of different endings, just depending on all the different choices you make and the different stuff that, you know, it changes up what you actually see in the game. So you, so, so the
0: replay factor is very high on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what they're kind of really uh, pushing is that you can replay it and, you know, make different choices and things will happen. And I can see it. I can you can see where, OK, if I had done this differently, then this probably would have happened. And you can see like the effects of different conversations and how people interact because there's one particular scene that um I don't want to be too spoilery but you get the option to like shoot somebody and then you can choose to shoot them or not and then after that you find this book and you find out that um well this person is injured they they get like uh they, they get hurt and then uh then you get the option to shoot them or not because of a lot of different factors that have kind of trapped you into this enclosed space with this person but right after that, you find this book and a book gives you more information about, you know, had you shot him or had you not, you know, you could have you could have done very much the wrong thing. Right, right, right. You know, and so it's kind of like it's cool in that the decision making, like you see it at play, you know, and just jumping and the quick time games, you know, and also inaction plays a part because sometimes the best thing is, you know, you may get one or two choices, but you can you be better served by not doing anything at all. Right and it works in your favor.
0: Yeah, I played LA Noir where, you know, you would question various suspects and depending on how they acted, you know, you you know, there you know, you had a choice of, you know, sort of is this person the criminal? And I did play some I borrowed Hard Rain from someone and, you know, I played um, you know, a couple of hours over a weekend, so I didn't finish it or anything, but I definitely, it's, yeah. This
1: definitely is more in line with Hard Rain um I, I played and beat L.A. Noire. I played and beat uh, uh, The Last of Us. And it's yeah, I finished The Slows Last of games, Us. But it's definitely in terms of how you interact with objects. You know, you may pick up a book and turn it over, pick up a picture. So you're getting clues to this mystery that's going on. It's like three or four separate mysteries in addition to the actual things that you're encountering as you play through the game. Right. So it's well worth it checking. It sounds out. dope, but, yeah.
0: And you are you Xbox or PlayStation over there?
1: Right now, PS4. But Okay. I have a PS3. I have a Xbox
0: 360. Right. Oh, so you're you're all over. You're every game all day, all the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I you know, I'm up on his PS4.
0: Yeah. Now I'm, I'm 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 I mean I'm in the PlayStation ecosystem, and I will get a PS4. Um, I guess I'm waiting for that you know killer killer game or or whatever. But um,
1: Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm, I'm hearing that as well. But, um yeah, so I think that's uh, that's going to be it for this week on Special Delivery. Uh, don't forget to go to fambros.com. Check out uh, our events that we're doing for Super Week. Pick up your tickets. Uh, they're going fast. We've got three great events coming up. We've got the uh, uh, Black Girl Nerds Fambros Live Podcast. We've got the Star Wars vs. Star Trek Attack of the Con. And, of course, the cosplay crossplay, um costume contest so check everything out on fambros.com um and of course you know download subscribe like us love us and all the rest yeah
1: share the show and comment we love reading your comments share the show let other people know let them all on the fambros goodness let them become chico lights
0: that's right and uh, hopefully we'll be seeing some of you at New York Comic Con, which is only a few weeks away. Yeah. All right, peace. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Starring Combat Jack, DJ Ben-Hameen, and special guest appearances. If you're a fan of anything, TV, movies, whatever's popping on the internet, comic books, pop culture, and all that, you are a fan. F-A-N. This is for all nerds. Hey yo, Combat Jack, DJ Ben-Hameen, and Fan Bros World.